Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. What do we owe the world? Turn around and ask your neighbors, say, what do we owe the world? What do we owe the world? 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 20 says this, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. Living by God's power. Power. Everybody say, what do we owe the world? Can I answer the question for you? The next slide, you'll see it. We owe the world an encounter with Jesus. We owe the world an encounter with Jesus. Not a gospel, because a gospel without power is absolutely no gospel at all. We have got to show the world what it is to come face to face with Jesus and what it does in your life. Would you give the Lord some, a hand clap of praise today? You may be seated. Thank you, guests, for being here. You have been called into the presence of the Lord today through worship through what's been presented so far in this room, you have been beckoned, called into the presence of God. If you're a first-time guest, you may not know how to respond to that. That's okay. We're not trying to belittle you, nor are we trying to act super spiritual because we've been around this maybe longer than you have. But we encourage you to take one step further than you've ever taken before because we want you to have an encounter with Jesus. We want you to be able to touch him, be able to feel him. An encounter draws an aligned in the sand. It, it makes you, it demands of you a decision when you've had an encounter with Jesus. When someone encounters God Almighty, it is impossible for them to walk away the same way that they came. I believe the world does not need people who know how to argue religious banter or religious facts, but they need a church and they need Christianity that know how to demonstrate the power of an almighty God. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's practice that again. I believe the world needs a Christianity that knows how and demonstrates what it means to be in touch with God and know the power of God. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. And I want to be one that knows him in that fashion, that I am able to demonstrate the power of the Lord because I believe I have had an encounter and I believe you have and I believe it's time that the world sees the difference that it makes in our life. I don't think it needs people that know all of the, uh, can line every 
every T up and dot every I, I think they need a generation, a church that knows what it's like to get a hold of God. Is that all right? A church that knows what it's like, that when worship goes like it did just a few, few minutes ago, that a church that's not yawning or waiting till the next part or the important part of the service when the preaching comes, but a church that links right then and waits, and I, did, I meant that not as that, you know, you know I meant that uh, as facetiously, facetiously, but I, what I'm saying is that we have got to have a church that is constantly, when the presence of God moves in a room, that we instantly link into it. We instantly connect to it. I don't care what kind of trouble and trials you've been through this week, but when worship begins to go forth like it did a few minutes ago, that every one of us, like we did, would stand up and move into his presence and link into his presence. You know why? The world demands it. They need a church that knows what it means to get a hold of God. We owe the world an encounter with Jesus. And it's abnormal for a Christian not to have an appetite for the impossible. It, is, it has been written into our spiritual DNA to hunger for the impossibilities around us, to want God to do something in us that he's never done before. And that may look different for you than it does for me, but I hunger for that. And I am afraid to say that I think the church as a whole in Christianity has embraced a gospel of information, a gospel of logic, instead of the real gospel. Uh, the gospel is not some intellectual argument about why God is real or about why you should believe in Jesus. I believe that we somehow left out a major aspect of the gospel because the New Testament church was full of power. Power. It had a power about it. I got to tell you something, I don't want to become, as we continue to grow, and today is a huge mark in that as we have, as we celebrate a new parking lot, and I do honestly believe that God is going to fill that parking lot, I really do, and I believe that when that happens, we're probably not going to be standing room only in here. Can I just say something? There's standing room in bars, and there's standing room everywhere else, there's standing room in concerts. Why can't people be standing, waiting in line to get in a building that is demonstrating the power and the presence of an almighty God? Somebody got to agree with me here today that demonstrates an outpouring of the presence of God. Does that, does that sit with anybody here today? Why don't you stand to your feet right here today and just as a confirmation of that word, say, Lord, let it be, let it be, let it be. may be seated, religion, religion is information without power. And so if we live in an age of information where there is so much information, if you wanna hear somebody preach, you can dial up 100 preach and through every, every connection, every you can hear preach, people preach all over the world. You can get more preaching than you can possibly imagine. But I'm here to tell you, can you even be obedient 
to what God is, the man that God has called you to follow. The man who's calling to speak into your life. That's what I want because the world doesn't need another information age church. We need a church that will follow a man of God as he follows God. And I'm here to tell you something. I am trying to lead this church into a closer dimension with the Lord than I've ever have before. I need somebody to say, Pastor, I'm ready to go with you. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to see more of God than I've ever seen before. And so I, the Western world has, has contextualized a gospel that's supposed to be experienced. They have wrapped up and put it in text, but not experienced the gospel. It's not the gospel until there is an empower involved inside of it. The gospel in what, which I preach, and I say this as honest as I possibly can, the gospel that I preach, if you're a whoremonger, if you're an adulterer, if you're an alcoholic, if you're a drug addict, I honestly believe, and I'm not backing down from it, that if you have an encounter with God, that God will begin a change in you that no other counselor, no other program, nothing else can accomplish but only Christ and Christ alone. I need you to do this. I need you, if you've got sickness in your body, you need an encounter with Jesus. If you are wrestling with issues in your mind, you need an encounter with Jesus. If you're on the mountaintop, you need an encounter with Jesus. If you're in the valley, God knows you need an encounter with Jesus. I come to preach to you today. Are you ready for this? I come to preach to you today. And so we owe the world an encounter with Jesus. And so it's preaching, it's teaching, it's singing about this great God. And as we sing about him, that we introduce people to a chance to meet them for themselves, to get to know him. I know some people maybe that have been in and around the church for many, many years may not understand the vision God gave me for the golden triangle. But he gave me a vision to open the doors and kick out the walls and, and, and push this thing further than ever before, that it's not, that it's not some, uh, something legalized to the point that it's only us four and no more, but to kick open the walls. But don't mistake the fact that I'm kicking out the walls saying, come on, come whosoever will. That's what Jesus said. That, that just because we're kicking out the walls and we're open this gospel, not for just the Jew, but for the Gentile, that when we're kicking out this, don't mistake the fact that we're wanting a gospel that's a mile wide and an inch deep. I want a gospel that people know what the deep end of the pool is. I want a gospel that people understand 
understand what it means to get lost in the spirit in their bedroom and begin to call out to the voice of God and God fills them to a place of overflowing. I want a gospel where people understand what it means that when you got sickness in your body, you come to the elders of church believing that when they pray over you, that you shall be healed. I want a gospel that is overwhelming. I want a gospel that fills me, that changes me, that renews me. I don't want a stained glass. Come on, anybody. I don't want a stained glass gospel that I can get anywhere. I want a gospel that changes my life. Amen. And so we have tried to structure this church. And because of it, God has given us great growth and he's rewarded us. But we try to structure this church that we touch everybody. Tomorrow we start Parkway Kids Crash here. Thanks to Tammy Littlefield and her wonderful dream team of people that are serving with her. Give it up for Tammy and all the dream team that'll be serving this week. And we're gonna try to reach them through this. We're gonna try to do some different things. Maybe you've never been to a church that has guitars in it. Maybe you've never been to a church that has drums in it has the singing that's kind of in your face like it was this morning. Maybe you've never been in an atmosphere where, it's, where it's, it's, it's alive and on fire. Can I just say this? Can I just say this? Just for a moment, take off your restriction bands on God and what God can be and just experience. You've got to admit, you felt something. You felt something. And move into what you feel. Don't let it just be something that you watch. Don't just be a spectator, but let it be something you step into and get to experience. Because if you ever experience this thing called the power of the Spirit, I'm telling you, you'll be able to go back to your jobs and they'll tell you all kind of junk about it. They'll tell you that you're crazy. They'll, they'll holler that you're in a cult because you've been full of the Spirit. You, but once you've been full of the Spirit, nobody can argue you out of it. Nobody can talk you out of it. It's the real deal. And I wanted to be this church to be right in the middle of what God is doing right now. Somebody say it, amen. amen. <laughs> and all the guests today, their hair is flying straight back. Because I kicked this thing off and we didn't slow down. But I'm here to tell you, I don't want a pretty lethargy of the gospel. I don't want a pretty quote. I don't want a pretty little thing that makes everybody go, whoo, he's so good. I want a gospel that when you leave out of this building, to be quite honest with you, you forget about me because you encountered him. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a freak in the sense that I love doctrine. I love theology, and if you come around here on Wednesday night, we teach some deep stuff. And I love spiritual self-help topics, and we teach on those things around here. We hit all different kinds of areas. And I know, I know that ideas cannot remain just good ideas. Brother uh, Gary quite often comes up to me after, and he said, Pastor, that's good preaching. I just hope we can live up to it. But I'm going to tell you, all of the ideas all of the things that we present here, they've got to be more than ideas. If we preach about your marriage and we counsel you through preaching of the word of God about your marriage, it's not going to do you a hill of beans if you walk out of here and you don't try to experience it. Is that all right? If we teach you about a God that can deliver you from, from the sin that you're in and you leave out of here and said, man, 
He almost got me, but you didn't experience it. You've wasted your time. And I say it as kind and as hard as I can today. You have got to experience this gospel. Because of it, our church will never be the largest church probably in, 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 in the Golden Triangle. It probably won't because it scares people to think that they will need to have an encounter with Jesus. They would rather a God that they can form through humanism and, and the society they are and they can manipulate and make him look like they want him to look. But when you encounter the God I'm talking about, he doesn't look like you. and he, he, he form, But he forms you to look like him. But he works on you to look like him, but it's an experience. And when you step into that, it's life changing. It's life changing. How many of you have experienced the life changing power of Jesus Christ? Just, just, just lift your hand. Hallelujah. You've experienced that. Don't walk away from that. In Romans chapter 15, verse 19, Paul says this, through the power of signs and wonders in the power of the spirit, so that from Jerusalem and as far as, I have no earthly idea how to say that, but we'll get Megan to teach us. I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Through what? Through power of signs and wonders and in the power. Somebody said the power of the Spirit. In the power of the Spirit, he preached from Jerusalem all over he preached this gospel and signs followed it and wonders followed it and he did it through the power of the Spirit. Paul fully preached the gospel. He not only preached good theology and he had a lot of it, but he preached with a power, a power. Here's another one from Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 through 5. He said this, my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of that spirit and of power so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Paul is saying, you can't rest simply in what, in what I have to say. You have got to experience this for yourself. He is saying, I owe them, as a preacher of this gospel, I owe them a face-to-face -face introduction with Jesus. A face-to-face -face introduction with Jesus. An encounter with Jesus. And the world needs more burning men and women who passionately pursue the presence of God passionately. And when that happens, something begins to happen. Miracles begin to follow that passion. Signs and wonders, the Bible says, follow them who believe. I would like to know how many of you tonight, this morning, and I, I want you to answer this by standing as I, if I call and it hits you, okay? I want you to stand up if in the next few minutes, the next few statements, that I say it hits you, all right? I wanna know how many of you have had a miracle in your marriage since meeting Jesus at Parkway? Stand up. I would like to know how many of you have had a miracle in your children since you came to Parkway? Stand. I would like to know how many of you have had a miracle in your finances, in your body, 
in your mind. Maybe you received salvation for the first time. I'd like to know how many of you were in darkness and now you have stepped into the light since you came to Parkway because you experienced an encounter with Jesus Christ. Why is that? Because you have come face to face with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And when you do, he can't, you can't help but have life change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just remain standing just a minute. You're standing up because you remember fresh on your mind when you were at one place and you had an encounter and he moved you to a different place. Can I just say something? Maybe I didn't call your spot. Maybe I didn't call what you're at. But if Jesus Christ through an encounter did something crazy in your life, crazy good in your life, would you stand and join those who are standing up? Hallelujah. If you are standing up right now, I want you to lift your hands to Jesus and I want you to say, God, never let me walk away from the encounter that I first knew you at, the encounter that changed my life. Never let me leave that. Never let me walk away from that. Let me grow, let me develop, let me become, but never let me lose the fact that I need him in an incredible way, face to face with Jesus. At Parkway, we understand that we owe the world an encounter. We understand that. We, we understand that, and that's why we're in relent, relentless pursuit of the presence of God. Scott, a couple of weeks ago, asked me to come in his office, and he had me listen to a song that he was playing. And I'm going to tell you this. Scott is in pursuit of songs. And I know that some people may not think so because it may not be your style. But if you would just move past the style and listen to the words... If you heard the songs this morning, they were literally like psalms written in the word of God, speaking into our heart. Megan introduced that, and then we opened up to this God. A lot of those songs were really taken almost from parts of the word of God, but you gotta get past the style and start experiencing what the song is about. Are you with me? And Scott and I, I mentioned something to him, and he said, Pastor, that's what I was feeling. We're not going to do that song. It wasn't a bad song. It just, we were scared that maybe that, that it wouldn't go over in the church because it had some terminology that might, might, might miss us somehow. But we took that out because why? We are focused. Scott is focused on singing songs that lead you into his presence. We're not here, people, about doing a concert. I'm not here about hearing myself preach. I'm not here about seeing if you can get here and how big our attendance can get. We have got to have a church that knows Jesus through an encounter that changes your life. Hallelujah. Can I say something? I know you're standing. We are not about you coming and watching everybody else worship. Everybody else experience it. And then you leaving and saying, I wish I went to a more spiritual church. It just didn't move me. Well, brother and sister, it moved everybody else around you. It could be an issue that it's been a while since you had an encounter. So I introduce you again to Jesus Christ, who is the author and the finisher of my faith. 
when Scott's off the scene and when Scobie's off the scene and when Keating's off the scene, the word of God will still be alive and well because there is something about the name of the Jesus. There's something about the word of God that calls men and women throughout the ages to an encounter with him. In the upper room, they stepped in that room and began to tarry and pray. And as they sought his face, the spirit of the Lord came down and set upon them with cloven tongues like as a fire. And it spoke to each one of them. They began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave the utterance, not as Benny Hinn taught them. Yeah, I don't usually name names, but I, I fell right into it. Not if somebody taught them how to blow on somebody and everybody can be cast out. Not how put your hand on the screen and send out, God's gonna send you a Rolls Royce. That's not the stinking encounter I'm talking about. I'm talking about not an, a, a gospel that is so corporate that you can't touch him. But I'm talking about a gospel that's one-on-one, -on -one, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're not there, he wants to take you there. He wants to take you there. Now, I'm gonna tell you this right now. When I get home today and the anointing's off of me, the devil's gonna beat my teeth out because he's gonna say you had a bunch of new people there and you was up there acting like a fool. But last I checked, it's through the foolishness of preaching that men are saved. <laughs> so that's what I'm gonna tell the devil about two o'clock, is that right? That's what I'm gonna tell the devil about two o'clock. But I gotta tell you something. I need you to have an encounter. Greg, don't tell me. I know you were raised in a pastor's home, a preacher's home. I know you've been around this thing all your life. But bro, I'm gonna tell you something. You have got to have an encounter with Jesus. Because that young man standing next to you, Matthew, hallelujah, he loves the Lord. He's faithful to youth group. He's all that. He's involved in all that thing, playing the guitar and all that. But I got to tell you, that's not what's going to save him alone. He has got to have an encounter. Hallelujah. Macy, Paige, and Alec have got to have an encounter. Chris, you got to have an encounter. You got to know what it means sometimes that God begins to speak to your heart and you don't know what else to do with it, but come to the church and check in the church over here. We got a free entrance for you to come pray anytime you want. You can come in this prayer room and you can pray and seek the face of God. Nobody's, it's, it's cooled, it's cooled in the summer and heated in the winter. It's got lights on there. There's Bibles in there. There's music in there. All you've got to do is walk in. The presence of God is waiting on you and there's got to be times, Chris, I'm just hollering at you, all right? There's got to be times that God so deals with you and strives with you and works on you that there's something Something inside of you that's not waiting for the next the next program, not waiting for the next stage build, not waiting for it, but waits on the Lord. And you get in his presence and your tears drip on your face and you seek after him. And when you do, you will find him and he'll touch you and he'll form you and he'll speak to your life and he'll deliver you. I'm speaking that not to Chris, but just to Chris, but to this entire congregation. It is time, it is season that we again hunger and thirst for the things of God. I don't, I don't preach just like this every week. 
because I preach in so many different facets to try to reach all men for the gospel. But I gotta tell you something. Never let it fool you that the heart of this pastor and no matter what we're doing is trying to set you up to get into the presence of the Lord. Everything just gets better in his presence. Everything just gets sweeter in his presence. I want you to do something right now. I want you to do something. I'm just talking. Emotions aren't high. I just want you to lift your hands right now. Would you do that? I want you to lift your hands. And I want you to invite the Lord to have an encounter with you. Now listen, I don't want an encounter with just one. I want an encounter with everyone. The Lord is speaking to everyone today. I want everyone to talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Just for a minute, let me be your pastor. Even if you're a guest today, let me be your pastor. Let me lead you into his presence. That's beautiful. I see, I think every hand in this room is up. Hallelujah. Now I want you to begin just to open your mouth and talk to the Lord. Come on. Nobody's going to come to your pew and drag you out. We're not that kind of church. Nobody's going to drag you to an altar. But don't let it fool you. We still want you to have a personal moment in the presence of the Lord. That's beautiful right there. Come on, just close your eyes and begin to talk to him. Notice what you feel right now in this room. Hallelujah. There's tears running down people's cheeks right now. Hallelujah. Open that up. Open that up. Lord, hallelujah. Open that up. Open that up. Hallelujah. Just talk to him right there where you are. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. What's going to solve our world's problems? It's not going to be another politician. It's not going to be more policemen on the street. It's not going to be more laws that's going to fix all the problems of our world. I'm going to tell you, he said, when my people pray, hallelujah, I will heal their land. I need some people to call out to the, to the, to the ear of the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. I need you right now. The world, I owe the world a relationship and encounter with the Lord like I've never had before. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now I'm going to take it one step further. I want you to do, I'm not, again, we're not going to do anything weird to you, but I need you to do one more thing right now. I need you to reach out your hand and touch your neighbor. Would you do that? And I want you to pray for them with a fervency and anointing, the same kind of anointing that is on me right now. I want you to pray for your neighbor. Would you do that? Hallelujah. It may come out of you different than it comes out of me, but I want you to pray with an anointing. There's marriages that need to be healed. I said there's marriages that need to be healed and they're counting on this church. There's people that need to be delivered from strong bonds and chains of the enemy and they're counting on this church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's broken financial situations. Hallelujah, there's broken situations and relationships. Come on, they need this church to come with a clarion call of the truth of the gospel. Hallelujah of Jesus Christ. That's it, come on, come on, just keep praying. Don't be in a hurry, don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry, come on, call out. Let your voice be heard right now, would you do that? Let your voice be heard, just open your mouth. Just open your mouth and begin to speak to the Lord. Whatever way that may be, just open your mouth and talk to the Lord. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, it may not be cool for you to do this. It may not be hip to do this, but I'm gonna tell you it's the gospel. It's experiencing the gospel. Come on, that's it. Don't stop, please, just a minute. Come on, if they can tarry in an upper room, surely we can tarry in his presence right now. Hallelujah, that's beautiful. This entire place has become an altar right now. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it. Talk to him right now. Talk to him right now. Talk to him right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm hungry for an encounter with Jesus. I'm hungry for an encounter with Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. What you're experiencing right now is the presence of the Lord. Even if you don't understand it, please understand this. You feel something. It's been a long time since you felt something. And what you feel is the tug and the presence of an experience with Jesus. And it will change your life. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. I can't change your mind. I can't change your heart. I can counsel you till I'm blue in the face, but I can't fix you until you get in the presence of God. I'm here to say that the majority of the things that we deal with in this world are sin-caused. Are anybody with me? Come on, forget politically correct for just a minute. I said there's sin cause. Does the church still believe that? Well, if that's the truth, the church is the bastion of hope for our world. If you answered that the majority of the issues are caused, if you go to the root of them, whether it's racism, whether it's fear, whether it's anger, whether murder, it goes back to an issue that people are struggling with something broken in their spirit. And the only one I know that can fix a broken spirit is the fresh spirit of the Almighty God. It is life-changing and life-transforming. And so... When I had you stand a few minutes ago and said, has God healed your marriage? All the different things and people were standing up all this place. What you may have not realized when they were standing up is you were watching signs and wonders pop up all around you. It might have been sitting right next to you and a sign and a wonder stood up. And while you're waiting for an eye to be opened, he opened a heart And while you're waiting for a lame leg to be healed, he fixed the lame spirit in somebody. He's doing the greatest miracle of all in this age, and that is bringing salvation and life change to people in the depths of their heart. And I gotta tell you, shame on us after we know all that we have known about the spirit and we let some other other situation sweep in and have great revival. And I'm not against churches. That's not what I'm saying and us somehow miss the fact that we understand the spirit and we've got to stay in the spirit to continue the revival that we're having. I said many, many years ago, and I've said it again. You may be seated. I said it many years ago, and I'll say it again. And this is not in a braggadocious way. In fact, I could say this about Michael Scobie or Brandon Pippen or any of these guys because these guys are incredible communicators but we could, we could tickle your ears. We could tickle your ears 
We could say the right words. We can smile real big and just, just say the right things. And I'm gonna tell you something. We'll build, a, we'll build a congregation quicker than we're doing right now. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Because people are hungry for that little light gospel that they can do what they want and, and it not affect or change their life. And I've said it many times. God has given ministers uh, a talent to be able to say things and, and, and begin to be able to communicate. But I gotta tell you something. If I use that communication ability only to tickle your ears and not change your heart, you need to find you a new pastor. Is that fair enough? You need to find your new pastor because you need a pastor that'll preach into your life that a young couple will, will feel the tug of the Lord. And I don't care if they're in the middle of their career or in the, in, in the middle of raising kids. And, and that's one of the times you feel the least spiritual, I think, when you're having your kids are little. And my God, I know what Dina and I, we had three rugrats and we didn't feel real spiritual. But I got to tell you something that we began to keep, we kept coming to the house of God, walking into his presence. And I'm gonna tell you something. I, my kids are not perfect, but they're sitting, they're, some of them are in ministry in other parts of the church today, but they're in the house of God. Not because, I know y'all think we go home every night and I teach big Bible studies. No, my teenagers are just like yours. They would shoot me. I know y'all think we have prayer meetings and, and our entire family fast till our belly button falls off consistently. And, 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 we, and when we're not fasting, we eat chicken because that's what preachers are supposed to do, right? I know that's what you think, but I'm gonna tell you that's not the way it is. They're normal teenagers. We're normal people. We're normal people, man. We dress up on Sundays, but we have problems in our life. We struggle with issues in our life. We struggle with things. We fight against issues. We fight against things in our mind. We wrestle against things in our spirit. Temptation comes on us just like it does you. But I understand, and my mom and dad told me a long time ago, when you're in need and you're in distress, you go to the presence of God. Hallelujah. And you fall at his feet. And when you do, he begins to mold and make and shape. He's my counselor. He's my provider. He's my lily of the valley, my bright morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. When I need him, when I whisper his name, he's there and the devil is gone because the devil hates his name. I gotta quit preaching. I gotta move on but I need some Zacchaeus to stand up here today. I need some Zacchaeuses in the house that you come to this house today and you're, and you're struggling and you got some sin things going on in your life and you feel like the enemy has depleted you to a short little man. I need some Zacchaeus that'll take a step up, get up in a tree, go to a higher place in your life and start looking for Jesus because you need an encounter to save you from the sin in your life. I need some King Davids to step in here that the enemy has warred against your soul to the point that you feel like you're gonna lose your mind and peoples that were once your mentors are now throwing swords at you and trying to stick you against the wall. I need some King David stand up that sin has gripped hold of your house and you've fallen into issues in your own life. I need some King Davids that'll go back to the heart 
which you were understood as a young man. And I need you to go back to that harp and I need you to sing some songs again that you come into the presence of God. Songs that, that they said of David when he was a young man, he would sing. And, and, and the demons of Saul would have to run. I need some people to get in the presence of God again and begin to sing God a new song and the demons begin to run from your life and the presence of God is swept into your soul. I'm preaching with everything I have today. I think you know that. I love you and I believe you. And I'm tired of seeing people lose out with God because they need an old-fashioned encounter. And I'm beckoning you. I'm calling you. If you're new in this church, we're a spirit-filled church. It's not going to look cookie-cutter same every week. It may be of two or three songs and a message, but it's always going to be something different because the Spirit is moving and operating and manipulating and touching people's hearts and changing people's hearts. And so I call out to you, Dwayne, 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 he hungers and thirsts for an encounter with you. Larry, he hungers and thirsts for an encounter. Tammy. Aaron, I know you were raised around this, but he hungers and thirsts for an encounter with you. This brand new precious couple right here, one's Cody, right? Cody and Matt. Oh, my God. Y'all got to meet Cody and Matt. It's not going to be long. I believe Cody's going to be singing. This girl can sing her heart out. If you're around here, you know. She's kind of loud. But God's doing something awesome in Cody and Matt. Hallelujah, they stepped in this church, never felt what they felt in their life. You know why? Because they're feeling an encounter with the Lord. And right now while I'm preaching, her eyes are full of tears because she knows, she knows she's in the presence of God. Hallelujah. She knows she's in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, hey, y'all going to get married? Huh? They, I, I'm not prophesying that. They... Facebook did this week. <laughs> They're going to get married, but let me tell you something. You've got to have an encounter with Jesus. And I know I'm making everybody real nervous because I'm off the pulpit into the congregation. <laughs> Just work through it. It's going to be okay, all right? But you've got to have an encounter with Jesus, bro. And when that marriage hits a little blip, that's not prophecy either. It's just common sense. <laughs> you've got to have an encounter with Jesus. Yeah. You've got to have an encounter with Jesus. Tiffany, I love to watch you worship on Wednesday nights. Every Wednesday night, she's sitting right over here walking through ups and downs in her life. But every Wednesday night and every Sunday, tears in her face, hands as high as you can get them. You know what she understands? I may be walking through, excuse the terminology, but I may be walking through hell in my life, but I know heaven is just, just on the other side of my worship, and I'm going to praise my way through my dilemma to have an encounter the almighty God. Hallelujah. 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 This girl right here, grab my hand, girl. 
She said, Pastor, the reason I drive every week from Vider is because I love what the spirit in Parkway, and I'll drive every week. People are driving from Sour Lake. People are driving from all over this community, from Port Arthur, from, from Sour Lake, from Vider, and from, from all Seals. I'm gonna tell you something. People are coming. We may not be the biggest church in this area, but I believe it'll be a church full of people hungry for a move and an encounter with Almighty God. Scott, come, come play some encounter music. He's going, oh, God, I don't know what that is. Encounter. I got to have an encounter. I got to have an encounter. Hallelujah, I've got to have an encounter. Would you just bow your head with me right now? God of grace and mercy of truth. I do not come to this church with persuasive words of man's wisdom, but I come in the spirit and the power of the almighty God. If this gospel work is for Paul, I think it'll work today. If this gospel worked for for the people in the New Testament church. God, we're not so intellectually savvy and so smart that it won't still work today. God, you're not out of style in this church. We hunger and thirst for you. God, our world is a mess. It is a mess. It's turned upside down. And God, I'm not, I'm not excited about men's pain and men's suffering. I'm not excited about the junk that's going on in the world. But I am excited about the fact that maybe somebody, maybe, Somebody will say the only answer is Jesus. And the only hope is Jesus. And God, my prayer is in the midst of all the pain, in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the brokenness, God, it's probably going to get worse if I read my Bible correctly. But in the midst of all of it, I believe, God, your church is going to have the greatest revival that it's ever had. And God, in the midst of all of that, give me strength in my body and strength in the people of this church and the hunger in our hearts to desire an encounter with you like we've never had in our life, like never before. God, my goal is not, have, not to have the largest church. But God, whoever you trust to walk through our doors, I don't want them ever to leave here the same way they came. Let them leave challenged. Let them leave not focused on how great I am as just the communicator of the gospel, but how great you are.
Lord, I'm just asking for a sovereign move of your presence and your spirit and your power from the youngest to the eldest that there is a revival of renewing that takes place in our heart that beckons us and calls us back to the presence of God in Jesus name and can the church say in Jesus name